Okay. Good to go. I am yes. I am yes. I am yes. I yes. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> you guys are making a podcast. For this. So welcome to the podcast nobody asked for with me, Ian Harris, and me, Graham Jones. And this week we are. Uh, I, I was going to go into how we're doing something illegal, but that's not a good way to start a podcast. Uh, probably it? not. Maybe we can be donning the masks. Or, I mean, I, completely the masks of theft. Completely ripping off uh, Ed Gamble's attempts at introing off menu. We're donning the masks of conversation, loading up the rifles of humour. And robbing the vault of podcast dreams. Yeah, so all of that. Because (laughs) this week we are talking about movie heists we could pull off. Yes. Which I'm I'm looking forward to. I like a good heist me. A good heist you. You like being heisted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good good thing. It's uh, well, I guess that's that's inception, isn't it? Heisting yourself. Heisting heisting. Heisted by my own petard. That is the phrase. So, how would you? What? 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 What's the difference between a heist and just a common or garden theft? There's, I guess, there's a level of coordination. Yeah. You need a getaway driver. Yeah. I think a heist is. Do you think a heist precludes some level of uh, teamwork? Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think you, you need you need a team. And I think there needs to be a. There's like a big there's there's a there's a purpose you know you're not just nicking money yeah you know there's there's something of value it may well be money as well but like there's something of specific intrinsic value that you're going after yeah rather than just like i don't know say shooting up a uh a coffee shop like at the beginning of pulp fiction yeah and you also i i think legally you need to have a montage whether that yeah. is uh like your preparation montage or the great reveal of what the twist in the heist was, because heists love themselves a twist. Oh yeah, twist again, like we heist last. No, sorry. You're trying. I... You're trying. I'm trying. I'm. It's you know, like when you when you've got a you've you you're trying to start a engine on the back of a boat, and you're pulling on the yep. choke, and those were the ones that go. Yeah, yeah. Soon we're gonna have a. But I'm not there yet. That's funny. That is how I, uh, rather depressingly, often describe how I feel in the morning. <laughs> I have used that exact <laughs> metaphor yeah. for my general feeling in the morning. Which uh, are you doing? Vigorous tugging to help you get up as well. Vigorous, vigorous tugging of and <laughs> and just sometimes, sometimes you just can't get a good grip. No, it falls out your hands. Yeah, you just have to keep keep going until you. <laughs> start of the outboard motor because <laughs> obviously i sleep in a boat uh, so in preparation for this episode yes obviously i decided to research some actual heists okay get so we can put our our movie heists into into context yeah so got a couple here obviously the hatton garden jewelry heist yeah 2016 became a film as well uh yes yeah, so I'm, I'm i'm and also I, was I'm fairly sure just the plot to a Guy Ritchie movie he'd never released. Yeah, and I'm fairly... <laughs> I can't remember if Michael Caine was in the film or if he just would have been perfect for the film. 
it feels like his Michael Caine, Ray Winston, like it just it just kind of wrote just itself. Every old school British actor, like Chuck and yeah. Timothy Spall. Yeah, it'll be great. So well, Timothy Spall could get in because he's a rat some of the time. True. Yeah. Yeah, he he's the one who will uh, tip him off to the police as well. Yeah. Um, he's a rat some of the time. Hey. There we go. We're getting there. We 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 we. <laughs> so this is what happens when we miss a week. Podcast. Uh, so yeah, the hat, hat guard. <laughs> it was very Matt Berry that was. Yeah. Podcast. <laughs> the so the hat guard jewelry heist. Yeah. Uh, seven men with a combined age of four hundred and forty-three stole two hundred million pounds worth of diamonds. I'm fairly sure that's currency, not weight. You had the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum heist in Boston in nineteen ninety. Yeah. Uh, so. This sounds like it would be a film, and because it sounds like it'll be a film, it'll unfortunately be Mark Wahlberg. While the city celebrated St. Patrick's Day by chugging beers, two thieves dressed as policemen entered a museum and stole 13 works of art, estimated to be worth $500 million. Nice. Um, I do always wonder in those contexts, I mean, I'm sure there must be a black market for it, but like, you've nicked the Mona Lisa. Great. What are you going to do with it? (laughs) Yeah. 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 It was. I, I was very, very close to doing for my uh, not to not to spoil where our introductions <laughs> go, but have you ever watched the Thomas Crown Affair? No. So the Thomas Crown Affair is about this billionaire played by Pierce Brosnan who steals a painting from a gallery. Yeah. And then the entire rest of the film is just him putting it back. <laughs> <laughs> and it Reverse is. Reverse heist. Yeah, I was. I was close to doing it. Because it is one of the best heist scenes in any film I've ever seen. Yeah. It is so well done. So two more. Two more on this heist. Okay. Heist, heist I've, heist. I, I've seen these two. I've got one as well. So one of them is the most valuable heist in Canadian history. Maple syrup? Yep. The great Canadian maple syrup heist. <laughs> so over a series of months, uh, these guys stole 3,000 tonnes of maple syrup worth 18.7 I believe, million uh, Canadian currency, dollars. I believe currency, not weight. <laughs> My favourite part about that is how they figured it out because the barrels were starting to rust. Yeah, because they'd replaced the maple syrup with water. Yeah, because it, it's something like you can. They've limited the amount of maple syrup you can sell. Yeah, which means they have these giant warehouses full of maple syrup, and you had people siphoning them off for the black market maple syrup community. Yeah, again, if we're going to keep going through this, mm. uh, that would obviously be a film starring Ryan Reynolds. Yep, the largest bank heist ever. Mm. Uh, do you know who committed said largest bank heist ever? Um, your mom. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was my mom. Um, so this sounds like a joke to the point I had to read a couple of articles on it to make sure it was real because yeah. I'm about to say it out loud. Okay. So all right, I'll say the beginning of this sentence and then you see if you can just say the name that precedes it. Okay. In 2003, the day before the coalition invaded. So who who do you think that that this person is? Oh, Saddam Hussein sent his son to the central bank of Iraq with a note asking for all their money. His son left with $1 billion in $100 bills. It required three lorries. Jesus. It is the largest bank heist ever. What was, um, there was Saddam Hussein. Was he the, was he the erotic novelist? Or was that Bin Laden? It was Saddam Hussein, wasn't it? I think, I think it was Saddam Hussein. So it was on, there's a very good podcast called Behind the Bastards which basically is exactly what it says on the tin, that they look at some of the worst people in history and kind of delve into how they uh, came to be and kind of all of the weird things in their lives. And I'm fairly sure 
the episode is called something along the lines of Saddam Hussein, erotic novelist, and it delves into him. I'm assuming you're talking about such novels as Zabiba and the King, <laughs> Fortified <laughs> Castle, Men in the City, Be Gone <laughs> Demons, also called Get Out of Here, Curse You. Yeah, I, yeah. Was it? This has gone off on a on a, a brilliant tangent. Was it Gaddafi who had like photo albums full of photos of like Condoleezza Rice? I don't know, but that's amazing. I know Bin Laden had lots of porn and also a cop a ripped copy of Final Fantasy VII. Yes, yeah, <laughs> because obviously he just loves himself a JRPG. Well, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's that's where that went. That's where that went. Yeah. Um, so to to steal to steal the idea from a, a nice because it's highest episode a, yeah. a future episode probably. Uh, if you could pick any fictional character to be on your heist team, who would it be? Um, your mom. No. Um, that's, any... a, that's a weird thing when I specified fictional. <laughs> your fictional mom. Your fictional mom. Um, oh, are we, are we? Is it the normal like non-Marvel rules apply or? Oh, let's so uh, one of my choices. I tried to pick an entire team, and I have tried to rule out superheroes. So, if you want to throw in superheroes or supervillains, go for it. Um, I would have Beethoven, the dog, the dog. Yeah, yeah. Good distraction technique. Goes in. Yeah, that um, one. Kevin from Home Alone. On, okay. On weapons duty. Nice. I like it. And... More, more. You'd, you'd have to kind of get him a bit more offensively minded, yeah, than yeah, defensively. Yeah, he's not playing defense yeah. anymore. Remy from Ratatouille, nice. Um, cool. So, he... a dog, a rat, and a child. <laughs> he, he can get he, well, he can get into the small spaces and excellent catering. Um, because and... that, that's one thing they never think about in heist movies is the catering. Yeah. Because if I was brought onto a heist team and I got there, yeah. it was all like fucking pot noodle and Pringles. I'd be a little bit disappointed. Well. You know what? Reservoir dogs, not a snack in sight. Michael Madsen got so annoyed he cut someone's ear off. Exactly. And that is a risk you take without having good that just is. just if you're taking anything away from the fifty plus episodes of this podcast we've done, it's uh, if you want to rob a bank, make sure you invest in decent food. Yeah, absolutely. Um so yeah, that's uh, how many how many is my team how big's my team got to be? Uh, I mean are you just trying to think about the the uh, the three animals from Homeward Bound? <laughs> <laughs> Good sense of they'll be the escape guys because they kind of yeah, they're going to get their way back, back to yeah, the safe yeah. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Willie from Free Willie, just because that would really confuse. Nice, me. yeah, and and obviously I'm assuming the escape vehicles, the cat bus. Oh, well, without a doubt, the cat bus, but also and also the dog car from Dumb and Dumber. Nice. All right, so let, let's get this right. We have cat bus. Yep. A cat. Yep. No, we have no cat. What's uh, the cat? The homeward bound. Oh yeah. Uh, cat. There's two dogs there. Yeah. There's the other. So that's three dogs. <laughs> yeah. A child. I mean, Ian, if you know anything about me, I like a dog heist. <laughs> That's a story. <laughs> Do we, shall, we, shall we make it? This is an episode, just uh, again, peek behind the curtain. We're, gonna, we're recording this in, in sections yeah. throughout a week. Uh, is that going to be future our problem, whether we're going to talk about the dog heist or not? It can be future our problem. Yeah, we can talk about dog heist. Sure yeah, why not? All right. What's the dog heist, Graham? Dog heist. So my, um, my ex stole my dog. That wasn't the dog heist. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that's also like like just let, let's just like brief pause to let that yeah, yeah. that sink in <laughs> graham's ex stole his dog yeah whilst i was in the house i was upstairs working came downstairs no more dog fast forward what 12 months ish um we had been to a chicken wing festival yep 
which included a few beverages. Yeah. And I defiled a pub toilet so viciously we had to leave. Uh, absolutely horrendous. Yep. It's still closed to this day. Yeah. Um We got a cab pass there the other day. Oh did you? Yeah. Could you smell it? Uh yeah, I don't think it's there anymore. Uh or the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a hole in the ground where it used to be. And we were with um you know, that guy whose name we had to keep bleeping out on yep, the other yep, episode, yep. um and another friend. And uh we just got talking about hypothetically how could we retain said stolen dog? And it got into a fairly long conversation about a potential dog heist that is, you know, it's a funny comical thing between friends. But the critical issue here is that we were in an Uber at the time and Ian had to quite nonchalantly explain to the Uber driver that this was all of a joke and don't worry, you're not taking us somewhere to steal a dog. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just just out loud to no one in particular saying, uh, just if anyone else is in the car, that's not part of this. We're not going to steal a dog. Yeah, because I, I just saw like a hot, just like horrible mental images of the dog going missing the next day. <laughs> and yeah. there's definitely some people in that car who wouldn't have been a hundred percent sure it wasn't them that nicked the car. Yeah, sorry, nicked the car, nicked the dog. Nicked the car, yeah, nicked the dog. Um, yeah. Also, a, a funny uh, trip because. Um, uh, bleep that out he was meant to share his uber ride with me in order to help split the bill what he actually did is sh- share his uber ride so when i woke up the next morning my phone had charged again i got a nice notification saying that he had made it home safely <laughs> uh, it's uh it, it's it's funny but it's definitely it's hap- definitely happened to a lot of people oh without a doubt because everyone's talked about the, stealing, stealing a dog yeah, yeah so in the future when we've finally got round to writing the uh hit smash Dog heist. The hit smash, not the, the smash, smash hit. No, hit smash. Okay. Hit smash. The, the yeah, no, there's, there's no backing out of that, Graham. I said that the wrong <laughs> way around. <laughs> yeah. Once we've, once we've written the smash, the, the main delay with us writing dog heist is we aren't sure if it should be a musical or not. It's um, taking yeah. debates. We, it's why neither of us are sleeping that well because we're up until four or five in the morning just shouting our arguments at each other. Um, we're going to have Pixar. We're going to try and get Pixar involved. If not Pixar, yeah. we're obviously kind of wanting to think more like trauma kind of horror stuff. You know, just getting all all angles covered. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm hedging my bets with A24. Oh yeah, well, I mean, they've released some weird shit. Dog Heist will be nothing for them. Do- if anything, Dog Heist is too pedestrian. Have you seen the trailer for Lamb? Uh, uh, no, I've seen the poster. I think. Yeah, <laughs> that looks like. First of all, it looks like it would be a beautiful film. But also, it is about a boy with the head of a lamb. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, one of the mate. Yeah, I, I, I was planting Beethoven and the other dogs just to talk about dog guys. But yes, my, my team is mostly animals and a small child. Nice. I um, I, I can't really top that. It's uh, like I said, I, I, I will, I, I have tried to assemble a team according to certain tropes from a film mm. later on. But Indiana Jones would be a good one. He's got experience with. Uh, yeah. There's a fine line between tomb raiding and heisting. Um, yeah, and then yeah, I mean, just 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 roll in the Avengers. Yeah, I mean that does kind of does kind of make it quite easy, doesn't it? Yeah, or um, actually, now nah, fuck that. I want uh, the borrowers. Yeah, but they're just borrowers. They'd give it back. Uh yeah. Well, we'll we'll, we'll rebrand them. <laughs> we'll have like a heisting seminar. We'll, a very very small heisting seminar yeah. that we'll talk them through, um, led by Ant Man. Okay. So what would they just be called? The knickers. 
<laughs> that I mean that wasn't that funny. <laughs> nope. And you laughed that like was, a small child. That that was uh that was a joke aimed for our primary school listeners. Um which you shouldn't be listening to because we, we, we say cunt a lot. Mm. Um, right. On that note. On that note, you must have a, a movie to tell us about. Uh, in, indeed, Graham. Indeed, I do. One that no one's asked for, but you're going to recommend. Exactly. Some may call it a movie recommendation nobody <laughs> asked for. Is that going to be the new jingle? It, yeah. So, Da-da-da. because this, this is movie heists we could pull off, Yeah. Uh, I thought it would be ideal to talk about one I couldn't pull off. And that is 1969's uh, Italian Job. Okay. Because it's a classic heist movie. Yeah. Um, and there's no way I could do that shit. One, I don't think I have the dexterity to fit in a Mini Cooper. Yeah. Um, at least not the proper 1960s ones. No, I mean, I've, I've, it, you struggle with my car, and I've also heard about you trying to get out of a Mazda MX-5 as well. So. Yes, that was fun. <laughs> uh, a Mazda MX-5 with a hangover the day after playing a full game of rugby. Yeah, which was also half full of... Um, half full of stuff. Of stuff. <laughs> and yeah, I, I got in the car and then warned quite early on that I was worried I wouldn't be able to get back out. <laughs> it's like, I, I, it's uh, not that I want to compare myself to him, but it's kind of like how I imagine The Rock feels in normal cars. Yeah. Because like, there's got to be sports cars he can't fit in. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Like, the more expensive the car, like, the more expensive the road car, yeah, the least likely it is that the rock will fit into it. We'll, we'll sort out a graph and post it. Yeah. But, yeah, unless I have a very, very convincing backseat driver, I would not be able to pull off the heist from the Italian job. Because everybody involved in the heist yeah. has to be kind of part of... There's a lot of... It's in sync, isn't it? Yeah, and I I don't do that. No, you're more of a boy zone guy. Hey, I was very close to going for that, but I couldn't think of. I my, my I'll go through my thought process. Yeah, I was going to say boy zone. Yeah, weirdly, uh, and then thought actually no, it has to be for it to be funnier. It'll probably have to be an American band. Who like were the American? So I got halfway through New Kids on the Block and yeah. just heard you say boy zone. It was like oh damn, I should have just gone boy zone. <laughs> it's it's the old adage, should have just gone boy zone. <laughs> uh, to buy your the podcast only asked for you should have got boyzone t-shirts there was nothing in that film nothing in that heist i think i would be able to do that and gold is really fucking heavy but i couldn't yeah. even i wouldn't i wouldn't even happily load the van up with gold no gold gold feels quite antiquated now as well right yeah and then obviously you then also have the ending where because um to, to again to royal royal to royal again to spoil the end of not just at the end of a film the famous end of a film yeah that came out 50 odd years ago they end the film ends with the bus hanging over the edge yeah. of the cliff because the like censorship rules at the time couldn't show bad like villains getting away with it right i wouldn't do good in that situation not gonna lie i struggled with roller coasters let alone a life or death situation where a bus is hanging over the edge of a cliff yeah. So, uh, let's not. I, I I wouldn't want you hanging over the edge of a cliff either. Thanks, man. So, if the Italian job isn't people's cup of tea, are there any other movies that you know maybe um maybe jobs of other European persuasions that they may want to watch? So, if the Italian job, if, if an Italian job isn't for you, I'm assuming it's because you aren't a fan of uh, kind of the Mediterranean climate. Yeah. Um. Obviously, there's a lot of the Italian job happens. I think it's during a football match. 
or something like that. There's a lot of people and crowds and stuff in the streets celebrating. If that's not for you, then maybe you, maybe maybe we think kind of I don't know. Let's go, let's go like a rural area of a colder country. I'm just trying to think of some colder. Probably if we're going colder, Scandinavian. Um, Iceland's obviously a bit. Let's go Sweden. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go rural Sweden. So I uh, just got to try and think of a film based in rural Sweden. Um, I know. So uh, if the Italian job's not for you, yeah, I would recommend Ari Aster's Midsummer. Excellent. As as I'm sure you guys know, is a fucking cracker. It is. No, no, yeah, I thought that's a that's a new way of me phrasing that. Yeah, and you know, they well, Chitty tries to put off a bit of a heist. Yeah, yeah, true. Tries so, to nick a book. Yeah. Someone tries to steal someone's idea for a thesis. Yeah, that's like the mental that's heist. Thing. Yeah, Inception's not got shit on Midsummer. No, um, there's a dead dead ancestor tree that's pissed on. That's not a heist. It's just a collection of words I like to say together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it is. It is a literal family tree, isn't it? Oh yeah. Never never thought about it like that. Jesus, that's a that's a who do you think you are episode. I'll see. Yeah. Just guiding a semi-famous celebrity through a field and just going, see this tree. <laughs> All your dead relatives are on that. All your dead relatives. Fancy a piss. This is Will Poulter, now in the MCU. He pissed on it. Yeah. How do you like Dem Apple's B-list celebrity? Who would be be the B-list celebrity you're taking to piss on their family tree? And why is it Craig David? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'll say the setup to the joke and we could just kind of fill it in later. Uh, He has a very busy schedule. (laughs) So yeah, on that note, on that that note, uh, I believe the first choice, Graham, I mean, for the first choice, yeah. which we're definitely going to be recording now because you've definitely decided your three choices, <laughs> is yours. It is, unless you, you know, nick it. Oh, pants. So, the first choice, going to go for one of the most classic heist movies going. You think heist movie, you think Middle Earth. <laughs> um, <laughs> and obviously, The Desolation of Smog. Um, so this is, uh, I believe, well, it's the third Hobbit movie. Um, it came out in 2013, which is nuts. I can't it's believe the second it's the Hobbit new. movie. Is it the second one? What yeah. was the third one? Uh, the Battle of the Five Armies or something like that. Oh, you're right. Yes. Forgive me. The but it's the out, out of the Hobbit movies. The second one is the most smorgy. Smaugy? Smaug. Dragony. Wyverny. Whatever we call him. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, the second Hobbit movie. <laughs> um, and you know, it makes sense. I haven't seen the third one. I've seen this one. <laughs> and um, yeah, so obviously, uh, also, yeah, it came out in 2013. It, how is, how is, to me, Lord of the Rings feels like it's 10 years old, not The Hobbit. Yeah. So what, Lord of the Rings is 20 this yeah, year? Yeah, be 20. I think, yeah, it was, two, well, was it 2000 or 2001? I think it was 2001. Oh. Uh, no, it wasn't. The f- well, the first one was 2000, because the second one was 2001, and weren't they debating not... No, so I thought, I thought the second was 2002, right. and that was still deemed too, too close. Soon. Oh, okay. Because uh, people might think the Two Towers is offensive, which was yeah. uh, a line of arguing that was dropped very, very quickly, because that's fucking stupid. Yeah, from a book that was... Uh... Written like fifty years previous. So yeah, obviously in um in the Hobbit, the uh, the Hobbit, um Bilbo, yeah. um 
the titular hobbit I like that word titular, T- titular hobbit titular T- the, hobbit. the titular the hobbit the titular the hobbit and his gang of merry dwarves um no merry was in the other films hey uh, they're obviously you trying keep to... just preempting yeah really shitty jokes i'm gonna do you've been doing it for the better part of three days <laughs> um they uh obviously trying to get smog smaug's gold gold smog smaug's gold um, and also uh, some kind of stone, the Arkenstone. The Arkenstone, yeah. And the heart just, of the mountain. I just think they go about it in a bit of a messy way in the movie, and I think I could do it better. There's lots of chasing the dragon, lol, nice. in the film. Um, also, lots of being chased by the dragon, um, which I think is, is like the withdrawal part. Do you remember the uh, chasing the dragon video game that was in the Guitar Hero episode of South Park? I don't know. Uh, Randy gets hooked on it. <laughs> and the kids just find him in his underwear on the sofa playing this game and just go, oh, I've got to catch the dragon. <laughs> Excellent. It's, yeah, being chased by the dragon, you've got dwarves, you've got orcs, and then in an overly complex way of trying to kill him um, because they try and like make him melt his own gold to try and like encase him, which it kind of yeah. works and then it doesn't, and then he goes and fucks off and burns so they, everything Yeah, out. they try and like re- get him to reignite the furnaces. Yeah. And then use that to pour gold on him but yeah. instead of killing him it just lays a quite nice floor makes him quite angry and then yeah. he goes and cooks lake town just goes to fuck off luke evans and stephen fry yeah i i've said this before and i will say it again because i only have very limited things i say i, I liked the hobbit i don't it, mind it's nowhere it's nowhere near contra, contrary to what a listener of ours thinks it's nowhere near as good as lord of the rings no, I, I still think it's quite enjoyable. I didn't dislike. I just disliked how long it was. That was the only thing for me. Like I sat through two films, and I still haven't got taught myself to watch the third one because it, the book is tiny. I read the book when I was in secondary school. That was great. It's great, but it's very, very like not very, very short. But it's it's shorter than any of the individual Lord of the Rings hmm. uh, books, and they got a film each. This is probably about half the length of like say the first Lord of the Rings book. It's but like is stretched yeah. over three. This shows that we're different people because what I was about to say was uh, I would be interested in watching the extended editions of them because <laughs> um, it definitely it, they're they're weird films because they both simultaneously feel like they're far too long and unnecessary while also feeling like they've had a lot of stuff cut out. Yeah, like it's it, it's yeah it, it's it was an interesting decision, but it's also like you know who was supposed to make the Hobbit. Del Toro. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like the great, one of the big, great lost films. Yeah. that would have been fucking mental. Oh, it would have been insane. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like, yeah. I mean, it's the same reason I haven't gone to see June yet. I don't, I don't want to sit down for three hours. Oh, June is fucking great. I'm sure it is. Do you like sand? Uh, do, you, do you like people with obnoxiously pointing faces staring out at sand? Uh, neither of those things. No, I also don't like people who pronounce their name Timothy Chalamet, <laughs> especially if it's not their name. That, that, those are the ones who really wrong. Yeah, up. it's like hi, I'm Timothy. No, your name's Bob. But anyway, as I was mentioning, it's uh, great though. It's a science fiction, modern science fiction masterpiece, and you really need to give it a go. I, when I have a spare three hours, I will. Well, given given how cinema is trending now you're going to be able to rent it for 15 quid off amazon prime in about four weeks true i also but i also refuse to spend that much money on renting something i i don't have a problem with it if i'm with a group of people 
because I mean I I spent that on a fucking cinema ticket. Yeah, so as I spoke, as we said previously, I can get a cinema ticket for four pounds. All right, mate. All right. (laughs) That's the that's the true heist. That is the true heist. So heisting, right? So so heisting. So as I see it, yeah, they made it all very messy, very complicated. I've got a couple of ways of doing this. Right? So are you in this? Are you taking over? Are you the well in in becoming the titular hobbit? In 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 the first point, yes. And I know this is going to sound like a really over-the-top, quite complex and really kind of convoluted way of doing it. But basically, what I would have done is just been quiet and not woken him up. Good God, man. That's amazing. <laughs> Can't argue against that. No? No. So that's, that's one way of doing it. I, do, I, I, I would love the idea of you being introduced as part of like the, the merry band of dwarves. <laughs> Just as like Gandalf, you know, like the whole unexpected party thing. Yeah, where, I mean, very unexpected. Yeah, they're all singing, and it's like, oh, these are you know, Thor and Oakenshield and his band of dwarfs, and then you knock on the door, and it's just you. It's like, and this is Graham. So, <laughs> like, what, what's Graham? It's like, it's just Graham. It's Graham. He's a, he, he works in marketing. <laughs> he bought he's bought his dog along. <laughs> this is Graham and his hound Bowie. His hound. Yeah, that is uh, that is one way of doing it. Second way. I'm in this in this situation. I am not me. I am. Okay. I am Bilbo. What is what is self? What is the self? I am Bilbo in this situation. Okay. And what I would do in this scenario is just like draw on some of my previous connections. I mean, having worked with Smog on four seasons of BBC Sherlock, I think I could probably have convinced him to give me a little bit of the gold. Maybe the Arkenstone. He's got a lot there. You know, we basically took Moriarty down together. Yeah. We've got history. Yeah, that works. Have you seen the behind-the-scenes stuff of Benedict Cumberbatch playing Smog? No. It's the funniest shit ever. <laughs> it's up there with Nicolas Cage without the Ghost Rider effect. Oh, really? It is so... It's just him crawling around on all fours. <laughs> Excellent. This um, is in The Hobbit, not in Sherlock, obviously. Oh, no, but he does... There is that deleted scene in Sherlock as well. So that's another way. You know, you just use... Networking, man. It's important. In cool, yeah. World. So we're... we're, we're Heist, heist on heist on heist. Heist on heist on heist. And then the last way, if if we're gonna say, right, you're not gonna wake, you're not gonna not be able to wake him up because you got the dog with you, or you know maybe the rumours that they didn't actually really get on that well in Sherlock are true. So he's not gonna give him any gold. The last last approach I'm gonna take. I'm gonna be me again. Okay, so back to you. Back to me. Um. And I'm going to utilize a skill that I've honed um, over the last, it's probably about 10 plus years now. Um, and that is my um, reptile care and handling experience. <laughs> okay. Um, there have been weirder skills in heist movies, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, I, I, a dragon is essentially a reptile. Yeah. Komodo right. dragons. Yeah. Yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah. Um, and therefore, I think, given the opportunity, as I say, I've you know I've had reptiles now for, for ten plus years. I think I would you know be able to handle Smog in such a way that I could box him away safely, probably in some kind of sack like you do with a snake. That so it kind of calms them down. They feel quite you're, you're, safe okay. And, so you're gonna put I'm gonna put Smog the Smog the Fury into a calming sack into a calming sack. Okay, I'm gonna bring my own calming sack. 
Okay. Along. Yeah, obviously. But it'll be it'll be a big calming sack. It will be a very uh, large. A calming sack's a calming sack. Do you have to put calming all sack. of them in it, or is it just like, is it like, is it horses where you just have to cover their eyes? Like, do you just have to put the calming sack on his head? <laughs> I mean, ideally that would be great because it would mean my um, overheads would be a lot cheaper. But also, you know, you got to spend money to make money, and he's got a lot of gold. So I think I'll probably go full sack. <laughs> okay, full sack. Yep, that makes sense. <laughs> um. And yeah, he'll be chilled, continue sleeping. I'll make off with the riches. Heist. Nice. Have you, uh, did you find, uh, sorry, I just wanted to search. I remember they called him something. So this heist ends with you putting the Smaug, the king under the mountain, into a bag. <laughs> yep. Um, do you know how much uh, his treasure is worth? Uh, a lot. $63 billion. There we go. No, $62 billion. Billion? Billion. Excellent. With a B. With a B. And a dragon. Three three possible routes for you there. All will be 100% successful. Silly Bilbo. That's all I can say. You should have just gone full sack. Bilbo, if you got the opportunity, just go full sack. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bilbo. I know all the words to the Bilbo Baggins song by Leonard Nimoy. Bilbo... Bilbo Baggins. In the middle of the earth in the land of Shires, <laughs> a brave little hobbit we can all admire. It's up there with uh, me and my dad will regularly, just in when we're driving around, as we often do, <laughs> sing that song, Pork Salad Annie by Elvis, and Your Mother's Got a Penis. Uh, sorry, can we just go back? Sorry, Pork Salad Annie. Okay, yeah. There we go. Pork, uh, to be fair, a pork salad is something that Elvis would probably oh, add. Yeah, a over deep fried a pork. pork salad. <laughs> So I have arranged my choices from least valuable to most valuable. Okay. So for this heist, I am stealing 10 bags of diamonds and a moral victory. Okay. So uh, I believe I could take part and completely smash out of the park the heist from 2006's Inside Man. Cool. Um, I realize I also phrased that like the director was someone called 2006. (laughs) <laughs> like it was directed by a robot. But it's actually directed by Spike Lee, and the cast for it are fucking insane. So it's got Clive Owen, Denzel Washington, Joyce Lodgerafor, Jodie Foster, Christopher Plummer, and Willem Dafoe. And it's all a little bit mental. It's a good film. It's an incredible film. And um, to talk about this, uh, I am going to completely ruin it. So if you haven't seen the film, even though it did come out 15-odd years ago, skip forward a little bit. You'll be fine. So, the reason... I think I could do this heist kind of comes down to, as we have previously discussed, my inherent laziness. So the heist in Inside Man is one of my, it's one of my favorite kind of heist films, I think, just because I think it is really, really clever. So the way it works is they commit basically the perfect robbery. So they enter the bank disguised as a painter. I think I could easily pull off getting disguised as a painter. Uh, Okay, Um, then here's your audition. I've just I've uh, I've booked a painter and decorator to come around. You're the painter. Just sell it to me. The okay. old. So one sec. Oh hey, you here to do the uh, painting and decorating? Painting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm, I'm a painter decorator. We're just here doing painting decorating things. There's nothing nothing weird going on. No. No. Um, where, where's your paint? In this van. Uh, okay. In the van. In the van. Right, it's in the van. All the paint's in the van. <laughs> we're just scouting out what, what we've got. You're scout, scouting we're just, out? We're just, we're just, look, just leave me alone. I can't remember the paint you're decorating. 
Yeah. Okay. We, okay. Yeah, I've got a bit of work to do, to be yeah. fair. Uh, but yeah, I think I could, uh, I, I could disguise myself as a painter. What they do is they paint things. <laughs> paint things. Uh, so this gets them access to the bank. They then lock the front door and they hold people hostage. Let's let's jump straight to the point here, shall we? Uh, nobody actually gets hurt. They're setting themselves up to be these big, dangerous bank robber, uh, bank robbers, bank robbers, uh, bank, bank robbers. But they don't actually kill anyone or anything like that. So I'm I'm good. What they do is they dress everybody in the same clothes, so like these overalls and masks, and they switch them all regularly between different rooms. But they also put the hostage takers into the rooms with them, disguised as hostages. Yeah. So it means when they do ultimately leave the bank nobody can actually identify who the hostage takers were but everybody can identify everybody else as a hostage yeah or the majority of the film they're digging for a reason which is illuminated at the end they're basically just like digging a hole in a cupboard (laughs) (laughs) and they uh only steal from one safety deposit box which is safety deposit box 392 and there are absolutely no records of it at all the security box, the safety deposit box, includes the aforementioned ten bags of diamonds, mm. as well as incriminating evidence that the owner of the bank is a war profiteer. Right. So basically, he, I think it's the, I, I think it's the owner of the bank, um, if not super rich guy, was a war profiteer and got a lot of his money cooperating with the Nazis that resulted in a lot of like a lot of deaths. So that's the moral victory there. Yeah. But it also means that he isn't going to be necessarily, you know, it, it's they they keep it as kind of like a blackmail if he's going to come looking for these diamonds. But they still kind of slip information to Denzel Washington that this guy is a war profiteer. So he's still going to he's still going to get his comeuppance. Um, but the way they get away with it is they've basically built a fake compartment into this storage room, and Clive Owen stays there with everything they've stolen for seven days after everyone's left the bank. Right. Um, before just emerging and walking out of the building with diamonds and this uh, war profiteering evidence. So I think I could do that because all I would need to do is kind of sit with a load of hostages complaining about the situation we're in enough that I'm memorable um, <laughs> and then sit in a cupboard for a week. Yeah. And out of that, I get... 10 bags of diamonds, I get to meet Denzel Washington and get to know that Christopher Plummer gets put away. Oh, I mean, of all these things, I'm confident you could sit in a cupboard for seven days. Yeah, I could do it. Like, you, you, they, they do a little bit, little bit of, like, the montage of what, what, what he's doing in there, but it just involves a lot of press-ups and reading. Yeah. Like, it, it's, you know, I take a couple of portable charges, I've got some stupid fucking games I'm spending far too long playing on my phone. I've also got, as I mentioned the other day, uh, because I, I, I really want to... I am slightly annoyed I don't have enough time uh, to read. So what Because you go and watch three-hour films, Ian. Yeah, yeah. So I bought, <laughs> I bought like six Dune books, which I'm 100% never going to get round to. But I, I, I like to know they're there. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, we're about seven months away from when you can read them. Oh, sorry, June... Not June, June. Ah, I was wondering where that was going. June. Sounds like the month. It sounds like June. Sounds yeah. like June. I like that. Yeah. That's a, that's a funny one. I do like all of the June memes. My favourite one was uh, they superimposed Jerry Tribbiani on every single character on the poster, and it's how are you doing? 
So nice. nice. I like that. But yeah, I, I, I think I could rob a bank. No one, no one gets hurt. I get to use my uh, incredible powers of subterfuge and then my incredible powers of sitting in a cupboard for a week. I woke up in a cupboard once in a puddle. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's a never a situation you want to be in. Your own puddle. Uh, so I, I, uh, I woke up unsure of that, uh, but it wasn't. Oh. Someone turns out someone else had had the idea previously and snuck into the cupboard and left a glass of water there and I knocked it over. Oh, that's. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought you meant someone else had been and pissed in the cupboard. Uh, no, so that did not happen, which is good. But I would have to piss in this cupboard, like this cupboard. So I believe they. I think they dig a uh, a latrine. But yeah, I could, I could do inside man. <laughs> that's kind of. It sounds like you're saying that you could like <laughs> you could uh, survive in prison there. I could do inside, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if there's one thing uh, we could probably agree on quite quickly is I could not. Oh no, you'd oh, be no. You'd, you'd be passed around like a Battenberg. <laughs> <laughs> is that, that's the first thing you can think of. <laughs> the first what, thing was banana what to, bread. What uh, what are hardened prisoners like? Battenberg. I mean, they just all jones in for some almonds. Yeah, no, that's we've all been there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so well, I mean, that's why they call me uh, the Battenberg. Obviously, I went with the one of the most classic heist movies for my first choice. So I thought I'd, you know, steer away from something as classically heisty. My second choice, you know, be a bit more out there um, and go for a movie that actually does. So it's Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's. I guess it is kind of not. Well, it is. It's a heist movie without the heist because you don't actually see the heist take place. Yeah, yeah. It is a. It is a interesting one. But you know, in essence, everything they did was broadly a success. You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of other genres you could have that feature the traditional genre before, <laughs> just like a divorce comedy. So it's like yeah. the post wrote it's, it's it's a romantic comedy after the romance and the comedy. Yeah. Or uh, just a counseling session and it's the horror movie before. Yeah, you could have a peace film. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Just a a drama set in a hospital that's after an action movie. <laughs> yeah. Which comedian does that where it's um uh they want to play a game. I think it's Dimitri Martin. They want to play a game where you're healing the wounds of everyone else in all the other games. It's called Super Busy Hospital. And it's just like, God, this man's been shot 123 times. Nice. Yeah, I mean, and you could do similar with like a horror movie as well. Sold. Anyway. Anyway. So the heist has happened. The heist has happened. And in, as I say, I can't comment too much on the ins and outs of how I do during the heist itself because we never see it. I don't actually know what, you know, what went down. However, I do know everyone apart from Tim Roth gets out without a kind of unscathed. Um, I think well, maybe one, Mr. One Brown dies. I think Mr. Dies. Brown dies. Um, so, you know, as long as I'm not Tim Roth or Mr. Brown, which, spoiler alert, I'm not. I should be all right. And I also think that the whole... Uh, it, it feels like a, you know, a run-of-the-mill... It's, it's your everyday bank heist, right? You're getting, you're getting the diamonds, there's a bunch of them go in, most of them come out. It's fine. That being said, I do have history of uh struggling to blend back into a crowd after being called out by a person of authority have i told you about the time i got thrown out of the sistine chapel 
What? <laughs> this is that was that was a roller coaster of a sentence. I'm not going to lie. For, for a brief moment, it was like I I, I have had history. It's like of, of hanging out in warehouses, cutting someone's ear off, having your ear cut off, being a police mole in a gang. Uh, no, I, I was not aware you'd have been thrown out of the Sistine Chapel. Please regale me with the story. So, the Sistine Chapel, lovely place, nice ceiling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the marketer and you coming out again <laughs> I, I was in the Sistine Chapel and one of the things that you're not allowed to do in the Sistine Chapel is take pictures of aforementioned nice ceiling not for religious reasons but apparently I think it was a firm in Tokyo bought the rights to the imagery in exchange for paying for it, restoration and cleaning of the Sistine Chapel and as such don't want anyone to take pictures because they own the rights, copyright, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, being in the Sistine Chapel with a camera, I wanted to take pictures of the ceiling. Thought I was being very discreet about it, just kind of like camera down low, not looking through it, just kind of facing up and taking a few shots. Turns out big beefy Italian security guards saw me doing this and came over to me and asked me to stop. Um, I said, all right, sorry, I'll stop. Went back about my way, continued to take photographs, and came over to me again and asked me to leave the Sistine Chapel. I then tried to kind of blend back into the crowd. Problem being, in a largely sort of white European filled hall of people, mostly with kind of olivey tan skin, dark hair. I stood out somewhat. Um, with, you were you were Mr. Orange that with, day. I was with with uh, I, this was back in the kind of longer longer locked oh, yeah, days yeah, yeah. as well, and uh, yeah, absolutely failed on kind of slinking back into the crowd um, and got. It was, it was probably one step away from being physically turfed out of the Sistine Chapel. So then I, I at this point was with the tour guide as well, uh, so we had uh, head earpieces in. So I was stood outside behind the door whilst the tour guide was talking to the rest of the group about the wonderful Sistine Chapel and I was just stood in the cold. I saw some Swiss guard walk past. That was interesting. But yeah. Can you, can, can you imagine if your job is to stop people taking pictures of one of the most famous pieces of artwork in <laughs> mankind's history? <laughs> like, how shitty must that feel? Yeah, this is a fair point. I do like that. I, I I like the I like the mental image of you being like like how they used to throw in sitcoms throw people out of houses, or like uh, maybe like car like the cartoon where it's like by the by the belt and by the yeah collar exactly exactly the... yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly that. Um, okay, so, uh, so you're, you're going to use your abilities uh, or your Sistine Chapel owned abilities. Well, not so I'm 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 just merely pointing out that if there was an instance here where I kind of had to go from full heist mode into kind of blending back into the public, it, it may be somewhat problematic for me. So I'm you know, I'm I'm going to be realistic here. I do think I'll be okay, but just, you know, I'm going to flag it up now. Not perfect. It might be tricky. But I'll cut my hair. I'll wear a hat. But yeah, I think for me in this scenario, and all of the all of the fallout, all of the stuff that goes wrong in Reservoir Dogs is as a result of sort of the alpha dogging and the. 
<laughs> very confident dogging. He's really confident dogging, yeah. Um, all of that. Um, but, you know, the jostling for position, were like... <laughs> which obviously happens in alpha dogging because the cars aren't very big. Um, and, you know, just trying to come out on top. <laughs> Being the big man. Um, and really sticking it to the others. Or watching. <laughs> and all that infighting happens and, you know, everyone ends up killing each other. Apart from our good friend, Mr. Steve Buscemi, who kind of stays away from all the infighting and the drama and walks away with the diamonds. Uh, depending, there is a theory he gets shot outside. There is a theory, but I'll dodge the bullet. Nice. I like it. All right. So, yeah. I, um, that's, that's the plan here, is, um, you know, we'll, we'll let the run-of-the-mill heist happen. We'll let the policeman get shot. We'll let Quentin Tarantino get killed, because he shouldn't be acting anyway. And then um, I'll Steve Buscemi it. Yeah, it works. And you I've look, learned. You look good in a suit. You get a walk in slow motion. Yeah, and I learned from the Sistine Chapel story. If anything, that was my training. So, um, we're all so, yeah. good. We're all good heists begin a training montage in the Sistine Chapel <laughs> of you trying to avoid being caught by burly, uh, well, burly be, Italian guards. To be fair, if you ever go, have you been to like St Paul's Basilica or the Sistine Chapel at all? Uh, no. Um, so St Paul's, St Paul's. <laughs> That's one of the guys at the... Uh, uh, yeah, he is the alpha. He alpha is the dog, alpha, yeah. alpha dog. St. Paul's. St. Paul's Cathedral. <laughs> um, so, St. Paul's Basilica is the biggest... I would say the perhaps the biggest contradiction on the planet. Yeah. Because Christianity, Catholicism preaches a lot of, like... It's the whole, like, a, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get to heaven, blah, 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 blah. You know, you should be, uh, you know, not throwing your riches in people's faces etc you walk into st paul's basilica and i mean there are 20 foot high letters made of gold on the walls there are uh, there's a bath that was emperor nero's that is made out of like there was a really small quarry of purple marble in egypt they took all of it and made a bath out of it and now obviously the pope has it in his house classic nero but yeah it's just it's it's kind of insane that like if anything St Paul's Basilica is kind of a testament to the heist genre because they just stole everything from the Romans and stuck it in here for the Pope, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the fact it's in his own little country as well when we're supposed to yeah. be being uh, charitable and all of that shit. Yeah, it's um, good fun. But yeah, Reservoir Dogs, Steve Buscemi, Diamonds. So for this, we will be stealing... $163,156,759. My share of which will be $14,832,432.63. Okay. This is obviously, uh, if for anyone who is good at maths, uh, $14,832,432.63 is an 11th of $163,156,759. So I'm obviously talking about Heat. Yeah, Heat. The <laughs> Michael Mann uh, bank robbery masterpiece. No, I am talking about 2001's remake of Ocean's Eleven. So Ocean's Eleven is, it, it kind of revitalized the heist movie. Yeah. Um, and I think cinema has been trying to chase it ever since. The plot of Ocean's Eleven or the heist is they are trying to steal from three casinos simultaneously. 
So the Bellagio, the Mirage, and the MGM Grand, all owned by Andy Garcia, share a bank vault. Um, and... <laughs> what are you going to say? All owned by Andy Garcia, share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, share and a bank vault. Uh, so all owned by Andy Garcia. Um, the Nevada Gaming Commission requires that Vegas casinos have enough money on hand to cover all bets, which means on an upcoming fight night, there's going to be around $160 million in the bank vault. As hinted at at the beginning, I've got the the list of the the characters, and then I've also tried to pick a fictional character who I would have in like my my huge crossover heist movie. So obviously we have the the mastermind himself, Danny Ocean, played by George Clooney. Yeah. Um. So I was thinking who I would want to mastermind a heist would be Sherlock Holmes. Oh, I was hoping you were going to go with Frank Ocean instead. Uh, yeah, that's a different thing. So I think Sherlock Holmes. Uh, you've then kind of got, you've got Brad Pitt's character Rusty, who is constantly eating throughout the whole film. Is kind of like the producer guy, so he's kind of putting the plan in action and figuring out like the logistics. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, if we have Sherlock Holmes being the mastermind, we're going to have Watson doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, part of this is entirely because over the last like four weeks, we've watched six seasons of Elementary because we've got very little to do. You then have the every heist team needs an IT guy. Yeah. So the guy who's going to hack into video cameras and all of that shit. In Ocean's Eleven, it's a guy called Livingston. In mine, it's going to be Boris from Goldeneye. Oh, I was hoping for uh, Moss from the IT crowd. Oh, that is a good one. Boris or Moss. <laughs> we then also have a con artist. Yeah. So in Ocean's Eleven, it's Saul, played by Carl Rayner. Um, so he he's the guy who pretends to be like the Russian businessman. Right. Um, in uh, my one, I'm going to go for another Saul, but Saul Goodman from... Um... I thought you were going to con artist. I was thinking um, Odell Beckham Jr. because he's a fraud of a wide receiver. Hey! We'll chuck Tom Brady in there as well. <laughs> you need a rich guy to have to actually like bankroll the heist. Yeah. So in um, Ocean's Eleven, it's a guy called Ruben who is played by Ross and Monica's dad. Um, in... My fictional crossover is going to be Scrooge McDuck. Okay. You have your pickpocket, who's Matt Damon. Uh, crossover, I want Matt Damon's puppet from Team America. You have the Grease Man, who is Yen in Ocean's Eleven, who's the contortionist that they uh, put in a box. So we've had a sack, we've had a cupboard. Yeah. We've had a box and we've had the Sistine Chapel. Fictional character replacement, Elastigirl. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you then have the brothers, who are Virgil and Tuck, who are played by, um, which I didn't realise until I kind of wrote them down and have just read them now, the least famous part of a family. So you have James Kahn's son, Scott Kahn, and Ben Affleck's brother, Casey Affleck. <laughs> um, fictional crossover, I'd replace them with Dean and Sam Winchester. Get a bit of uh, Supernatural going. You also need... Uh, an explosives expert, so like your gadget guy. So in Ocean's Eleven, it is Don Cheadle with an unforgivably bad British accent. Crossover, Doc Brown. And then they also have Frank, who's played by Bernie Mac, who's like their casino insider guy. Um, yeah. And in the fictional crossover, I would keep it as him, because I really like Bernie Mac. But yeah, so <laughs> the, the, reason, the reason I've written all this out is for me to be involved in what is a very, very... I don't feel like I have to go over the Ocean's Eleven heist because everybody has seen Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. I had to figure out which of these people I could replace and the heist still work seamlessly. Right. Because it is a very complicated heist. For people who know me, they know I'm not going to be able to... They could put me in the box 
and will me into a vault. Yeah. And that is where I'll die. <laughs> like, th- that's not going to that's not gonna happen. If you're um, just going to sit there playing your games for seven days. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I needed to figure out which of these roles I could do. My first call wasn't one of the 11, but I wasn't sure how much he gets paid. So there is a guy whose entire job is to pretend to beat up George Clooney in a cupboard. Okay. And as we've previously discussed, I could easily spend time in a cupboard. So I figured out who I could easily replace. And uh, I'm bringing you along with me, Graham. Wonderful. So you're also getting your 11th share of $163,156,759, which obviously equals $14,832,432.63. Excellent. Uh, because we're going to take the place of the brothers. Excellent. So the brothers don't do a lot. They, they're they kind of just like the, like the guys you delegate the other tasks to. So... All they do throughout the entire film is so they stage a disturbance to distract security at the beginning when they're yep. casing out uh, the thing. Well, I mean, we've already spoken about why exactly. in the Sistine Chapel. So. Right, sold. Um, they pretend to be bodyguards. Yeah. They drive the van when they go to steal, like, the EMP. They don't, they don't leave the van. They just drive the van. Right. Uh, they pretend to be couriers. For the con man's briefcase. Yep. They pretend to be waiters and smuggle the grease man in in the box. They cause a scene while disguised as casino staff to smuggle the grease man into the cages. They then arrive as paramedics and take away the fake dead con man. They pretend to be the emergency dispatch when Andy Garcia calls 911. They then pretend... They, then We have a choice here. So one of us will then have to pretend to be SWAT. Mm. And the other one gets to drive uh, the car that's remote controlling the van, like the getaway van. And then once we've once we've done that, all we have to do is look cool walking away from a fountain, and that's it. That is fucking easy. That sounds pretty. Easy. Yeah, is, is are we sure that there's an equal distribution of wealth there? Uh, it is. It is. Um, it was mentioned in the film. It is an equal cut. Okay. Uh, so it's split equally. Uh, it might not be exactly. Fourteen million eight hundred thirty-two thousand four hundred thirty-two dollars and sixty-three cents. Because I'm assuming we're reimbursing the guy bankrolling it. You know, you, you take your expenses out first. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. Uh, I I feel like googling how much all of this would have cost would have put me on a list as a potential bank robber. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just I I don't. When you actually break it down, a lot of the complicated stuff isn't done by them. No. Like the most complicated stuff is like I feel like Ocean's Eleven is set across like this is it's like the end of Endgame, right? This is the only only state of affairs where this would have worked seamlessly. Yeah, yeah. There are billions of because it relies so heavily on completely convoluted things, it could never actually work. But the brothers, fucking easy. We just we generally just cause distractions and dress up. I'm all right, yeah, I can do that. It's I get dressed every anyway. day. Yeah. I get dressed most days, as we yeah. When depending how the outboard motor's going, um, <laughs> and yeah, I could do that. I none of the others I think I could do. Um, I wouldn't be a convincing con man. Uh, I work in IT, but I don't know enough to hack into a casino's ultra complex uh, security systems. Uh, I couldn't bankroll it because I don't have money. I couldn't do a bad English accent because this just comes naturally to me. And the idea of planning all of this fills me with anxiety. So the produ- the bank heist producer role 
is not for me. Not for you. Had a couple of interviews, but decided not to go for it. Fair enough. But yeah, Ocean's Eleven. I think I could do it. I think I could make us millionaires. Cool. Sign me up. We have had dragons, dogs, and now ants. <laughs> I want to watch what for... <laughs> so you're talking about. The ant bully. <laughs> the ant bully, yeah. We are going with uh, one of the stars of Endgame, as you just mentioned, Ant-Man. Nice. So Ant-Man, and I'm not just choosing this because uh, Paul Rudd has just been voted the sexiest man alive and I feel a certain affinity with him after this, though it does help. <laughs> we, we both look older than Paul Rudd. This is true. That's because Paul Rudd is drinking the blood of the innocent in order that he ages both gracefully and in reverse. God, now that is a horror movie I'd watch. <laughs> where it turns out Paul Rudd is a vampire. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine being the sexiest man alive? Well, I don't have to imagine, Greg. <laughs> Look at me. This t-shirt, I've worn it for three days. It's nuts. 52 years old as well. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to think of uh, what I would call Paul Rudd's vampire movie. Because Rudd rhymes with blood, so there's a fuckload of things he could do. Yeah. I want to suck your Rudd. Back, back to alpha dogging back we? to alpha dogging yeah. yeah I was thinking more Reign of Rudd Reign of Rudd Bram Stoker's Rudd don't know sod <laughs> but yeah I mean really here is that um, obviously throughout Ant-Man there's the heist to get the yellow jacket back get Pym's secrets back and I guess elements of it are predicated on Scott Lang's character why are you laughing? Oh, I'm laughing because I've just got the mental image of them stealing, like, the recipe for Pims. <laughs> <laughs> or just, like, Pims is, uh, P- Pims is the secret, it's the front for, like, the vampire hunters hunting Paul Rudd. <laughs> it's Pims um, O'Clock. It is, yeah. Maybe that's the name of the film. But, yeah, so there's elements of the, the heist that are predicated on the fact that Scott Lang was or is a thief a professional thief was in prison blah blah however i would argue that the majority of the reason any of this is successful is purely based on the pim tech not pims but pim tech and the ant-man suit and i think in that situation with all of that at hand you're essentially you know you're you're a poor iron man really yeah um a poor Tiny Iron Man. Poor Tiny Iron Man. Um, and I think, given that, I would be able to carry this out because you know he. I mean, he doesn't even master the suit in the film, right? He's he he fucks things up. And... We get some. So you, yeah, you you would again, as we kind of mentioned in the intro, you would get a montage. Yeah, hundred percent. So you, you, would, you would, That yeah, means yeah. you would be able to master the tech. Yeah, within yeah thirty seconds to a nice upbeat jingle. Do you have a j? Is it a jingle? I, 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 we could call it a jingle. I don't think that's entirely accurate. Probably not, no. But neither was calling Hobbit a heist movie. So we're good. We can call it what we want, Graham. So, yeah, <laughs> the montage jingle. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think... Um, where did I get to in my notes? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, oh, it was even funnier because I said he's basically Iron Man without the money and he's not dead. And and ants. <laughs> and ants. Um but yeah, also, a good point, though, because not only do you have the suit, but with the ability to bend ants to your will, I mean, there's a lot of ants in the world. You could go heisting for days. You could, yeah. And I, I've, I've learned a lot of things doing this podcast with you over the past year, Graham. And I didn't think one of them would be, you like bringing animals along to heists. 
there has been yeah multiple actually yeah <laughs> nice yeah I, I i love ant-man i don't i think it gets a bad rap it contains arguably my favorite like shot in uh, the mcu is it the thomas the tank engine yes one? Where they're they're fighting all dramatically, and then you cut to what it actually looks like. Yeah, and it's and it just, just the train of... falling off the tracks. Yeah, it's brilliant, very very cleverly done, and also it's one of the uh, the great what ifs in Marvel, right? Because we could have had Edgar Wright as Sandman. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I just bumhole. <laughs> there was there's a big Marvel what if of the easy way to kill Thanos oh. is Ant Man goes up Thanos's giant purple anus yeah and then just rematerializes into giant uh, giant man yeah and then uh yeah you're golden i mean you know you're probably covered in shit <laughs> probably covered in shit and purple but yeah <laughs> yeah no that's not where i was going where i was going was um uh, edgar wright, edgar wright, wright yeah. I am, yeah. I've, I've realized my mistake almost immediately <laughs> but what i will what i will do now is anytime you set up a question like that i'm now just gonna say bumhole 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 excellent uh, bumhole. I said bumhole the other day and you laughed quite a lot. You really do quite like the word, don't you? It's just a funny word. <laughs> and then, you know, given all of this, given how powerful you are, even if, even if stuff goes tits up, just go hang in the quantum realm until it all blows over. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's the, that's what my granddad used to say. Ian, <laughs> if you're in trouble, go to the quantum realm until it all blows over. Yeah. Grab a pint, go to the quantum realm, wait till it all blows over. The only the, the the big question it's hanging quite, from that is quite small. The the small <laughs> question that hangs from that is yeah. who Simon Pegg and Nick Frost would have played. Oh, if in Edgar Wright's yeah. version. Um, oh, good question. I think they would be um, the like Scott's friends. So you know, like the the Michael Pena character. Oh, and the yeah. other ones yeah, yeah. that are just kind of like a bit bumbling idiots, like the comic relief kind of things. I love those scenes. It's just such a good film. It's very, very I good really film. like it. The second one's all right, but the first one's up there with. It's definitely one of my. It, it's good. For, it's good for a rewatch. Yeah, I. I mean, I, I think I said I've said before. Like, I recently did a rewatch of all of the MCU, and um, I mean, I, I never, I never disliked Ant Man in the first place, but it's definitely one of those ones that, yeah, really, really enjoyed. And yeah, like you say, on the, on the second time round. But then yeah. I, also, I think watching everything the second time round, I don't think even the like the ones that were like quote unquote bad I actually quite enjoyed i thought you know four two was quite good were there any because now this has become a marvel podcast um we we rewatched them over lockdown as well because uh our housemate at the time worked for disney but hadn't seen any of the marvel films oh so he was a um, threat of suspension <laughs> yeah yeah um we kept having uh mickey coming around looking for him were there any which on a rewatch were a lot better than you remember? And were there any that were a lot worse? Like, did any, like, your opinions dramatically change? I don't think any went worse. I enjoyed Doctor Strange the second time around more. I still found it quite boring, but yeah. I enjoyed it more. And I think, actually, it, and weirdly, Thor 2, I, I enjoyed a lot more than I did the first time. Even though, again, it is probably one of the weaker ones. But yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was good. And also, Ant-Man has got one of the best... I think we spoke... I can't remember if it was a podcast conversation or just a regular Ian Graham conversation. Because we do, we do talk we outside do. of the podcast. We um, don't just awkwardly walk around in silence around <laughs> each other. Got to save it. Save the material. Save the material for the podcast. Well, I have um, had to do that. Like, <laughs> I, I have had to break the habit of just telling you everything I learn about stuff. Um, but it has one of the great like callbacks in a future uh, MCU point because there's the... I forget the guy's name that plays the detective but 
Um, yes. Yeah. He sees Scott and Scott's pretending to do that. I can't remember why the whole magic trick with the card. And then that it's, detective. Uh, he's learnt it because he's in oh, he's he's stuck like house home, arrest. He? Yeah. yeah. And then he, the detective track can't, can't do it at all. But then the detective is also in one division. And the first time we see him, he shows his like business card by doing that trick, which yeah. is obviously a callback. One that is very well, like very subtle because I didn't see it until someone pointed out on Twitter yeah. or something. So, yeah, uh, but it's fantastic. Korean gym. Yeah. Yeah. So Randall Park. Yeah. So yeah, no, it is. It's great. And um, and talking of like, I I haven't so I haven't seen anything any of the post Endgame movies. I've seen all of the TV shows. I've seen I I've seen Spider Man. Oh yeah, it's okay. Um, uh, yeah, I've sorry, I, yeah. I have seen Spider Man. But I, what I haven't seen is um, I haven't seen obviously Eternals has just come out today. I think. Yeah, I I, I still I st- yeah I, I still didn't Black feel. Widow. Oh no, so I've seen Black Widow. I still didn't feel comfortable going to the cinema when Chang Chi was out because it kind of came out while stuff was getting worse again. Yeah, and it also felt because it's coming to as soon as it's on Disney Plus very soon. Yeah, um, I think the end of the month. So I'm definitely going to be as soon as it's available on there, or as soon as it's available on there, I'm going to be watching it. And then that then frees me up to watch Eternals because I still feel like you kind of have to watch them in order. Yeah. So although it's weird, a lot of them, all three of them that I've heard so far haven't had the greatest reviews, like in comparison to everything. Uh, but Black, sort of... Black, yeah. So Black Widow was all, it was good. Well, it was all right. Like yeah. it's it, uh, given how Black Widow was treated in Endgame, she deserved a better last movie. Yeah. Um, Chang Chi, I've heard very, very good things about. Yeah, I've, I've, um, that's been really mixed. I've heard. I've heard a lot of people say it's very good, and then a lot of people said that they've it's the first marvel film that's been like completely disneyfied yeah but then I, i've heard people say it's one of the best origin movies they've done so it's, it's interesting but then yeah eternals has been properly that's been um, panned, hasn't mixed it? well it, it's um so the audience score for eternals seems to be quite high but the critic score is quite low because it, it it's it it's interesting because a lot of people are saying it again and very similar to kind of our conversations about like the last jedi and stuff is Eternals feels like the first Marvel film that is very different. Yeah. And the phrase, it's different from the rest of the MCU, depending on the tone you say it, is either a very good thing or a very bad thing. Yeah. Like you could, I, I'm assuming a lot of the reviews are exactly the same wording. Just one one is very enthusiastically excited about it and the other's annoyed. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. Marvel tangent uh, aside, give me an Ant-Man suit, give me some ants, I'll go get you your jacket. So this one is going to net us anywhere between $8.14 million and $10 billion. We're, we're diving into, uh, because as you know, uh, I have a history degree. Um, we're diving into the world of historical artifacts. Mm. Uh, so Graham, yeah. did you know there are 26 surviving copies of the Declaration of Independence? Of course I um, did. One sold for $8.14 million in 2000. And these are the 26 which were printed or they were basically sent to copiers immediately after uh, the Declaration of Independence was signed. Yeah. Um, so these all originate from like J- it's July 4th or 5th, 1776. And there's not very many of them. So, yeah, I am, Graham, mm. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. So we're obviously talking about real life. I'm, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. So I just think it's going to be something I'm going to do. Okay. Who from? Um, America. <laughs> uh, so no, this is uh, 2004's uh, Nicolas Cage magnum opus, National Treasure. In researching this, I had 
a whale of a time because the National Archive website, the official government National Archive website, explicitly says that there isn't a treasure map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. That <laughs> is an official government. Somebody in government has had to write that down. Gotta, gotta love our American cousins, haven't we? Oh, God, yeah, it's great. So, National Treasure is Nicolas Cage, playing a character with a stupid name, trying to steal the Declaration of Independence because it has a map on the back that is going to lead him to, like, the fabled lost Masonic treasure. Um, and that treasure is worth $10 billion. So, by pulling off this heist and then following a series of very easy to solve clues, <laughs> I could get us $10 million. But it all starts with stealing arguably the most famous document in modern history. Like, you would struggle to get more famous than that, apart from, like, I don't know, first edition of Philosopher's Stone or something like that. But, yeah, it's a, you'd think it would be a tough one, stealing the Declaration of Independence. They mention in the film, you know, it's surrounded by guards, CCTV and tourists. It's under an inch of bulletproof glass, um, complete with sensors and heat monitors. Um, when it's not on display, it's lowered into a four-foot-thick concrete steel-plated vault that is equipped with an electro-combo lock and biometric access denial systems. Because, obviously, this is the IT guy saying it, because all heists need an IT guy. <laughs> um, but they figure out that when the uh, Declaration of Independence uh, needs a bit of renovation work, it gets taken to the preservation room, which is used to clean and repair documents, and uh, it's a lot easier to break into there. Because why, why would you put the same level of security for the same document just because it's in a different place? Yeah, exactly. And, and also, why would you choose to do that on a day where the guards are distracted by VIPs because there is a fancy swanky gala? <laughs> the, the main reason I think I could pull off this heist is because this movie is very, very stupid. It is so, so stupid. It is... There are, I can't think of any other word to describe it than just saying stupid over and over again until you slowly edge out of the room. So the the way they pull off the heist, which and there's no there's no like uh, clever like quirks here, like oh I'm going to be the guy who's not doing anything, or you know I'm just going to sit in a cupboard for seven days. I yeah. think I could legitimately do this because it's fucking stupid. So they use a green laser on a heat sensor um, because you can film and take photos in that room. Uh, okay. So they attach it to like a video camera and trigger the sensor which then triggers all of this protocol where the Declaration of Independence has to be taken to the preservation room. You then crash a party, sneak downstairs, guess the historically themed password to the room. <laughs> so not only is the security not as impressive as a four-foot-thick concrete steel-plated vault, they put... It's not even a password. It's... Or not even, like, a encrypted password or anything yeah. like that. It would be like the password to where Ant-Man has to go being Yellow Jacket. Or yeah, yeah. like they're, they're trying to break into the vault in the Ocean's Eleven. It's just roulette. Yeah, yeah. Or um, St. Paul's Basilica and it's just Pope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How about let's try Pope 1. <laughs> but yeah, like Pope, there, there Pope's, are... Pope's with numbers are quite funny. There's a, there's a Pope Sixus the Fifth. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a Matt Berry joke. Yeah, no, there is actually one. Okay. It's great. Anyway. Good good to know. So once you guess the historically themed password, um, you're you're golden, really. Yeah. And that's it. 
The, um, you need a credit card, obviously, to buy a poster in the gift shop. Well, that's fine. You get some Amex points. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you're all good. I mean, it's also the second heist that involve hoping you don't piss off Harvey Keitel. There, there is that too, yeah. The only issue which I might have problem with with the heist is having to beat Sean Bean to it. That's really it. Everything else is so, so painfully easy. Are you going to be okay of like screwing Nicolas Cage out of it as well? Because you'll be taking his place. Is that? I mean... uh, well, in this in this universe, there would be no Nicolas Cage. I'm replacing Nicolas Cage. So you're willing to go to a universe where Nicolas Cage doesn't exist? Uh, well, I'm not willing to stay there. But I'm assuming <laughs> I'm assu- as long as we'll, we'll have to figure out if the currency from that parallel dimension is still applicable and legal tender here. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, well, that's going to be the hardest part of the heist then, is building the portal technology. Kind of, are, are we imagining Stargate style? I've been oh. watching a lot of Fringe as well. We'll just do that. That's all fucking dimension hopping. I mean, I was, I, I was just thinking you were going to take Rick Sanchez along with you. Oh, yeah that, yeah, that could work. Rick and Ian doesn't have the same ring to it, though. Rick and Ian sounds like, uh, sounds like a disease that you get back in the... Uh... 1700s through a vitamin deficiency yeah or, 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 or a case of the rickonians or a character from uh so this is thor and oakenshield <laughs> this is graham and his dog this is rickonian <laughs> yeah well um, rickon is in um is in Game oh he's the twat who didn't run in uh yeah just, just ran in a zigzags zigzag it rickon what a prick idiot you've um, only got yourself to blame you got shot in the back exactly uh, i'm annoyed you said that now i was saving that phrase for our john f kennedy episode <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's not really a lot else to say. Natural Treasure, and, and then, uh, so we, we had Natural Treasure on our films we could talk about for 10 minutes without researching, and don't want to rehash too much on there, but the clues are easy. You could accidentally solve the clues to the treasure. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it, it, it's a silly, silly film. And it's incredible, and I love it to within an inch of its life. I unironically like National Treasure slightly too much. There's the whole, um, it's, it's one of those films that's like consistently being teased as like getting a third sequel as well, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm not sure where those rumours are now. It's either a third sequel or like a, they might be doing both. They might be going like full John Wick with it and doing, I think there might be a National Treasure 3 and then I think there might also be like a Disney Plus TV series. Okay. Um, where Benjamin Franklin Gates will rock up occasionally, but it'll be about other people. Yeah. I wonder as well, do you know what it would be good, I'd quite like, is a um, Uncharted-style National Treasure video game. Oh, God, that would be amazing. <laughs> Where just everything is really easy. Yeah, it's just, it's it's Uncharted on easy mode, basically. Yeah. Walk, walk to the other side of the room. Mission complete. <laughs> <laughs> you found the Declaration of Independence. Well done. Uh, but yeah, like, yeah, I'll get to be involved in some, like, high-speed car chases, but the actual planning of the... the the heist is so easy. There's no payoff to it, really, when you're watching the film. It's just suddenly done. Yeah. It's uh, you feel like there's going to be a bit more, and then he just leaves the museum with the Declaration of Independence. Oh, okay. So, oh, oh, cool. That was that was that was good. Obviously, we then go to Angelina Jolie's dad's house, sort the treasure, uh, end up underneath a church. I'm not going to donate the treasure to a museum though. That shit's ours. So we're yeah, going to no, be. Fuck that. Yeah, I'll give you a billion, Graham. Cheers, man. I appreciate it. I got you. Um, but yeah. Declaration of Independence. We're going to steal it. So those are the choices, then. Those are the choices. I, I didn't refer to you by name, then, because I just got into the habit of just keep saying Graham. <laughs> um, so out of your three? Yes. What's the top three of your three? Top three of my three. 
easiest, so number one, is going to be Ant-Man because we've got all the tech there. Fish, Bash, Bosh. Second place, tricky, but I think probably Reservoir Dogs just because it's a more of a run-of-the-mill kind of heist and you just go Steve Buscemi, walk out with the diamonds, don't get involved, and you'll be all right. And then third place, which I think, you know, given... it. It, this also depends a little bit because the, with the three scenarios I've given you, I think some are more likely than others to succeed. So, like, if it's me and I take Bowie along, the idea of being quiet and not waking him up is is probably not going to happen. No. Um, if I'm Martin Freeman and we talk Sherlock, probably more likely. And then I guess the last chance is me using my extensive reptile care. The Steve Irwin approach, if yeah, you will. Yeah, sticking him in a bag and uh, letting him sleep and stealing his... Uh, treasure so you know i think in every scenario there's there's probably our our chance of success maybe tick up as we go through them but um probably the most unlikely of the three okay cool I, I like that so uh it, it's a tough one for what i'm going to put number one um so number three for me is going to be inside man yeah um because it is a lot longer it's a lot more drawn out of a heist um and also it's the only one that requires me to be threatening. And I don't really do threatening. I'm no. not a very imposing or threatening man. So then that leaves... You're, you're terrible at alpha dogging. <laughs> uh, yeah, terrible. I've uh, Unfortunately, I've got to stick with beta cottaging. <laughs> Is that just where you try it out and then just give feedback? So, yeah. So the, the, the choice for me is it is 8.14 million to 10 billion. Or a definite fourteen million eight hundred thirty-two thousand four hundred thirty-two dollars and sixty-three cent, which is obviously an eleventh of one hundred sixty-three million one hundred fifty-six thousand seven hundred fifty-nine dollars. Yeah. Um, I think both of them. I, I think I'll go Ocean's Eleven too. Yep. Um, just because so many things have to go right that maybe changing us in for the brothers, you know, butterfly effect style. Yeah. Is going to fuck shit up for everyone. Uh -huh. um, but I still feel very confident we could do everything that those brothers do throughout the heist. Um, number one, that I, I am a hundred percent confident I could steal the Declaration of Independence and National Treasure. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't look that difficult. The most difficult part is getting. Um, yeah, I mean, not not just that. I think I could steal the Declaration of Independence better than Nicholas Cage does in National Treasure, because all if I had cash on me, hmm. they wouldn't be able to find me afterwards. Because the only way they track him down is because he paid for the paid in the gift shop with a credit card. Yeah, yeah. So if I had cash, boom, we're sorted. Scott free. Well, unless we bring Ant Man along. Unless we bring Ant Man, yeah, that's that's true. Scott house arrest. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I'm gonna go National Treasure one. Yeah. Ocean's Eleven two. Inside Man three. Cool. So uh, also referred to as reverse order of how I presented them. Oh, um, exactly the same as me. So uh, oh, go us. Go us. So uh, those those are the movie heists. Yeah, we feel like we could pull off. Uh, what is the what is the the podcast nobody asked for's top three? Um, it's gonna be very boring because I've got it straight in my head straight away, and you're gonna agree with it. Number one, oh, I, I love when this happens. National treasure, okay. because I get a billion dollars out of it, and I don't have to do anything. True. Number two, Ocean's Eleven, because I get a lot of money out of it, but I do have to do a bit of work. You get fourteen million eight hundred thirty-two thousand four hundred thirty-two dollars and sixty-three cents. Yeah, but I do have to. There's there's a there's a day's work involved in that one. And then third place, Ant-Man, because obviously we could do this as Ant-Man because his suit is overpowered and it's, yeah, you, you, you're you not having to try too hard. 
you've got everything you need there and someone builds it for you you don't even have to do the hard work yeah true like would would i get would, would i get to get a yellow jacket costume out of it at the yeah, end I'll, or I'll, do I'll, I'll, am i stuck being your wasp <laughs> i don't want you to be my wasp but i'll give you a yellow jacket appreciate it man that's all right no worries. uh yeah like rather like sorry if you guys came here for an argument but yeah <laughs> I, I i i agree <laughs> that was that that was the correct answer i yeah, think i think so and we end up with a load, load of money so yeah that's the important thing that that is the important thing we can we can roll our uh, national treasure we'll use the national treasure money to bankroll the ocean's 11 heist ah good idea um because you know we're going to be after stealing the declaration of independence and getting a massive treasure we're I feel like day-to-day life will grow boring for us, so we'll have to just keep yeah. running these hugely convoluted heists. I do think as well that we'd have to send a little, spend a little bit of that money on some kind of like uh, bereavement fund for um, like our Nicolas Cage uh, podcast friends. So for, oh for yeah, both, true. oh no, um, no, because in in this they will they will just have a podcast about me. Yeah, true. Which would be a lot shorter, <laughs> a lot less interesting. <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm, I'm. Oh, or maybe instead we set up like a, um, like a scholarship fund for people who want to steal uh, important historical documents. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that's what we'll do. Yeah. So we'll, <laughs> we'll set up the Benjamin Franklin Gates scholarship fund. Yeah. Um, and what we'll do instead of replacing Nicholas Cage, um, so obviously in National Treasure they're stealing the Declaration of Independence, um, because Sean Bean is going to steal it, and it's the only way to keep it safe. Yeah. Um, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be stealing it because Nicolas Cage is going to be stealing it because Sean Bean is stealing it. Right. Okay. So we're just adding ourselves on the top of the pyramid scheme that is this heist. We're alpha dogging both uh, Sean Bean and Nicolas Cage. Yeah. So we're gonna with the the we're gonna alpha dog the golden hog. Yeah. <laughs> so we he he he'll he'll do all his his swanky thing, figure out the password is Valley Forge, walk into the preservation room. It's just going to be an empty frame. And then Sean Bean turns up. Yeah. And then I'm assuming there's somebody underneath Sean Bean as well who is going to steal it. You know, Sean Bean's stealing it so they don't get it. And then it's just an infinite heist ladder. I, yeah, I think that's. Um, I think that is the way the way that we go. Oh, good. Right. So on that note, hmm. uh, the podcast nobody asked for is top three movie heists we could pull off. Uh, number three is Ant Man. Number two is Ocean's Eleven. And number one is National Treasure. Uh, if you agree with our choices, if there are any other heists you think you could pull off, you can find us on Instagram at the podcast nobody asked for. Uh, and you can also become a friend of the podcast over on Patreon at the podcast nobody asked for, where uh, you can help us bankroll some casino heists. Yep. And if you're interested in applying for the inaugural um, Ben Franklin Gates uh, scholarship fund for robbing international artifacts, um, get in touch on Twitter at nobody asked for pod with the number four. You can also do the same on Facebook, um, and you can find everything, all things nobody, podcast nobody asked for related at the podcast nobody asked for dot co dot uk. And uh, remember to leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser, and in your review put any future episode ideas you have, and we will do our favourite ones. Uh, so that that's that's that. That is that. That's the heist. Uh, we now have like the cl- we'll get the closing montage revealing that this whole podcast was actually a cover, or uh, yeah. Whilst we distracted that you, was all, going on. you've all been robbed. Yay! <laughs> We've all uh, something, 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 something. Vault reveal credits. Two sequels. Nobody else. 
of the dog. Ugh, no one asked for this.